Well, as you football started spring practice on Thursday, it's still early, but early on, what has been identified as the thinnest position group for LSU football? Hint, it's not what I expected. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked and LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we are on YouTube as well. So make sure to check us out on YouTube at Locked on LSU on Twitter. My name is Caroline Fenton. I'm your host as I am every day. You can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one. I appreciate you for being here. I always appreciate you for making Locked and LSU your first listen every day. So LSU started spring practice on Thursday, and the spring schedule practice spring practice schedule rather is kind of funky. They started on Thursday, practice on Friday. They have about a week off before they get back onto the field in about a week or so ahead of the spring game on April 22nd in Tiger Stadium. Now, it's still very early. There is still a whole lot that's gonna happen. From now until the spring game, spring game into training camp over the summer, from training camp to week one against Florida State, we still are six months out from the kickoff of the 2023 season. However, once spring practice begins, we are fully locked and loaded on the 2023 season. We are already starting to identify the strengths and the weaknesses and the the big time contributors, the positional battles, the positions of need. We can start to see that early on, even though things will change, even though there is still a second transfer portal window, we are starting to at least get a peek behind the curtain or a good idea of what we can expect from this LSU football team, at least from now until the spring game and throughout spring practice. Now, Brian Kelly identified the number one position of need, or maybe more so the thinnest position group where it stands right now, or at least on the first day of practice on Thursday, the thinnest position group. And honestly, I didn't expect it to be what he said, because although it's a position group that we've discussed over the last few weeks and months about positions of need for LSU, it's something that I absolutely have touched on and we've discussed back and forth. However, it's not the number one position of need that I would have expected, or maybe the thinnest position group that I would have expected, which I think is a good thing and a bad thing. A good thing because the thinnest position group that I thought it was going to be, maybe that's not as thin after all. The bad thing, maybe we have a lot more positions of need than we all expected going into, uh, into the 2023 season. But this was Brian Kelly on the thinnest position group, at least for right now in spring practice. We're, we're really thin on the offensive line. And, um, so uh, the, the charge will be after today really focusing on um, uh, shoring up that group. Um, now, we've got guys coming, right? We've got guys that are out, and, you know, and, and I'm not here um, to, to say that we've got an issue with the, a second group. We just have some young guys that are playing right now that um, it's, it's really a, a first time out there. But we've got to shore that group up, and we shore that group up um, we've got some talented players out there. Okay, so the offensive line right now, 
Of course, that can change. The offensive line right now is the thinnest position group in spring practice. To be expected in a little bit, and it makes sense considering that they are dealing with a good bit of injuries on the offensive line. Uh, Charles Turner is out with an injury and will be out for the foreseeable future. And known exactly what injury is plaguing Charles Turner. However, he is out with an injury. So Marlon Martinez has been coming in and taking snaps at center. Now, Marlon Martinez is not new to the center position. When Charles Turner was injured in the, in the middle of the regular season, Marlon Martinez came in and played center against UAB. He played in 12 games last year. He only had one start last year, and that was the UAB game when Charles Turner was hurt. But Marlon Martinez was able to fill in in that role. Now, Marlon Martinez is not a, a primary starter on this football team. He's going to be one of your more secondary guys on the offensive line, but he has been taking snaps at center. So that's just one position group that already is thin, but it's not going to be thin for long because you're getting Charles Turner back from injury. The second thing being, you've got uh, you've got some offensive line depth that is coming in in this 2023 recruiting class. LSU had 13 enroll, early enrollees in the 2023 class, none of which for offensive linemen. Zaylin's heard offensive tackle recruit from Neville High School. He is coming in in the 2023 class, but was not an early enrollee. But I do think that Zaylin's heard can be one candidate for a starting position on the offensive line. He played with Will Campbell at Neville High School um, throughout the, you know, their their careers in high school overlapped. Zaylin's heard is a five-star offensive tackle recruit. I think that absolutely you can expect at least some production from him. Is Zaylin's heard going to be a starter day one? I don't know the answer to that question. Is he going to beat out Emory Jones in the offseason? And then you've got Will Campbell on the left side and Zaylin's heard on the right? I don't know the answer to that question. But it's on the table, absolutely. I mean, as long as he's, you know, coming into the, the offensive line room eventually, which he is, like, I'm not taking anything off the table, that Zaylin's Hurd could be a depth piece at the tackle position, could be a starting piece at the tackle position. Maybe Emory Jones moves into the inside to play guard, and then you feel even better about your depth there. So that's one player, DJ Chester, a, a four-star inside offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman. I think that's key that you have a – a specialized interior offensive lineman because you need interior offensive line depth. LSU has a good bit of tackle depth, but on the interior offensive line is where absolutely where LSU isn't as um, isn't as comfortable or isn't as set in stone. I think at least for me right now, of course, things can change if Zalen Hurd gets in here. Of course, knock on wood with injury. For right now, it feels like Emory Jones and Will Campbell on the outside feels like a pretty sure thing but of course everything can change everything is up in the air um as long as you know in in the offseason you got Tyree Adams a four-star tackle from St. All you got Paul Mubenga a three-star tackle from Georgia so you've got pieces that are going to come in and add depth the other thing to keep in mind is you've got the spring transfer period transfer portal period where you can bring depth in in the spring maybe pieces that uh, that didn't get a, a starting nod elsewhere, but are really solid players and come in and be starters for you right away. That I'm not taking that off the table. And Brian Kelly even mentioned, hey, we've still got the spring transfer portal period. So if need be, we can always go grab other pieces, even starting pieces via the transfer portal once the portal reopens in April. However, April, May. 
However, I always say this, and I'll reiterate this here, the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal also can take it away. Just because, you know, you can add some more depth via the transfer portal doesn't mean that you also might lose some in the spring as well. Marlon Martinez, a guy that I just mentioned, is, an, is one of those guys that might say, hey, I wasn't a starter last year. I haven't been a starter. Marlon Martinez in his three seasons at LSU has only four starts. You might look at it and say, I, I tried to to work my way onto a starting spot in, in spring ball, but it's just not happening, so I'm going to transfer away. And Brian Kelly even in mentioned that possibility. A lot of your backup O-linemen who are older transferred out looking for playing time. Uh, Marlon didn't, Martinez. Can you just shed some light on maybe kind of what his mindset is right now going into another year at LSU? Yeah, you know, we want him to stay. Um, but as you know, there's another transfer portal. So we can't worry about those things. We're going to develop the guys that are on our roster. Uh, we're going to give them the, the, the opportunities that we believe is uh, right for our program. Um, he's done a really good job. Um, he's worked hard in the weight room. He's reshaping his body. He's doing the things necessary for him to compete. He's getting first team reps because Charles is out with an injury. So, um, but, you know, we won't know until we finish spring ball what his his status is. We hope he's here uh, to stay. So, I mean, that's really the only thing that you can do. Continue to invest in your players. Continue to give your players the opportunities that they earn and the opportunities that they deserve. And if they still decide to transfer, then so be it. You know, I don't necessarily completely with the agree, agree with the idea that Brian Kelly just mentioned of we can't worry about that because I do think that should be at least a priority is to continue to recruit the locker room. But as we're looking ahead to the spring transfer portal period, it's something to keep in mind that you might lose some depth, but also you can gain some as well. But if those players decide to transfer, it's really, it, it's out of your power. And the best thing you can do is continue to invest in your players that want to be there and can continue to contribute for your football team. So the offensive line right now is thin. And that could change with the 2023 class coming in, with some of the, the returners getting healthy. But how much are some of the newcomers, the transfer portal class and this 2023 recruiting class, how much are they going to be able to contribute to this football team? And what have we seen just in the first couple of days of practice? We'll get into that coming up next. Before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. And I know you've got a favorite bar or you've got a favorite puff, and I have those too. And now is your time to go make it count. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I will be voting for the peanut butter brownie bar. It's my favorite. I always talk about how I think it's the most delicious flavor. I even love the cookie dough puffs too. I love how it has real chunks of cookie dough on there too. But I'm going to be voting for the peanut butter brownie, my absolute favorite. And if you want whoever you want to win in March Madness, of course, LSU is not going to be there. But if there's another team that you want to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. So support your team, support your bar, or support your puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky lockdown listeners will get a free box of built bars. You don't want to miss out on that opportunity. And it's not only that, 
but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built Bar to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built Bar. Built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, it is so delicious. I love it. They're so amazing. You won't even think they're, they are good for you, but they are good for you. What makes them so good is that they're high in protein, important, low in sugar, also important, and probably most important, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, 100% real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, grab your bracket and go listen to the Lockdown College Basketball Bracket Breakdown with national analysis and the insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything that you need to know to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. So how much realistically can we as fans expect some of the newcomers, both in the transfer portal class and in the 2023 recruiting class, how much we, can we realistically expect some of the newcomers to be able to contribute to this 2023 football team? And also, second, how much are they going to need to contribute to this football team in terms of depth and um, talent needs, so on and so forth? So who can contribute right away. Like who is going to step onto LSU's campus and say, okay, you know, slap some pads on me. Give me a Jersey number. I'm ready to rock. And I'm ready to take on Florida state week one. Brian Kelly was asked that question. Of course it's early. I want to couch every argument, every discussion that I have about spring practice and the spring game with it's early. Things can change. But like I said, even day one, you can start to pick up some breadcrumbs about what we can expect from this team come the fall. And of course, everything changes, everything evolves. But from what we have right now, uh, Brian Kelly mentioned some of the transfer portal players that are going to be able to contribute right away. You know, as it relates to, to players that, that are going to make an impact, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that um, some of the defensive players that we brought in um, – Ovia Gufu, uh, Omar Spates, I think, um, you know, Jefferson, um, you know, to name a few are going to be guys that are going to be impactful. Uh, I think the depth at the cornerback position, all of them uh, are really talented players. You know, watching one-on-one -on -one today, it, you know, it looked pretty good. Um, you know, there's some things that we'll continue to, to, to evaluate. It's day one, but I, I'm – I'm pretty confident that the transfers that we brought in will make an impact, and in particular on the defensive side of the ball. So what I took away from that is Brian Kelly isn't going to call out by name any players that he doesn't believe right now are pretty much guaranteed to make an impact or at least have the opportunity to make an impact. 
I believe that Brian Kelly called out Ovia Gufu um, from Texas and, of course, played under Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Omar Spates from Oregon State. And he mentions Jordan Jefferson, the defensive lineman. I think he named those three by name because those three all play positions of need for LSU. That those three are proven. All three of them has have vast college football experience. That's one reason. And also, of course, you know, that they play positions of need. That they were brought into this team not for competition, not to add depth but to be starting defensive linemen, pass rushers, linebackers, et cetera, that they, they just, the LSU just need a depth at those positions, you know, losing two defensive linemen, losing B. Joe Gillari, their pass rusher. I mean, those were all holes that LSU needed to fill and they filled them with experienced college football players because they were expected to come in and start right away. I believe that was the expectation from the beginning. So that's why Brian Kelly feels comfortable to call them each individually out by name is because we already know that that's the expectation for those three. The other one is the depth at corner. Ryan Kelly doesn't name any corners by name, but I think we all understand the corners that came in in this transfer portal class are going to be your starting cornerbacks because you have no other option. Your only other option is Terrence Welch, which a, who has a very small sample size um, as a college football player in, in just his one year at LSU. So I think that this means that these players, the corners, the defensive line uh, transfers, the linebacker transfers, they all are expected right now, and you can say confidently right now in March that they're going to make contributions to this football team because they have to. And that doesn't mean that they're not good players. That doesn't mean that they didn't deserve a spot on this football team and that they don't deserve a starting spot. It just means that there's a lot to change. There's a lot that's going to change. And you can't say right now definitively that a member of the 2023 recruiting class is going to come in and make a huge impact because you don't know, because you haven't seen them. They don't have a sample size in playing in college football. These players do, and that's exactly why they were brought in here. There, I mean, a lot will change. A lot will change. But right now, what we know for certain Ovia Gufo, Omar Spates, Jordan Jefferson, I think Jalen Lee, Paris Shand, all of those defensive linemen pass rusher transfers, they're going to come in and help you right away because they need to come in and help you right away. That's what this team needs. And, of course, the corners as well. The second thing that, that Brian Kelly mentioned is more so, you know, special teams and offensive players that can come in and contribute right away. This was Brian Kelly. Aaron Anderson is is coming back from surgery, so we haven't seen him yet. But, you know, we know about his story and, and how great of a high school player he was here in the state. If he can carry that onto the field here at LSU, uh, you know, we're penciling him in, you know, obviously um, somewhere. So, uh, yeah, look, you don't know until um, you get into camp and you really get into the nitty-gritty of it. But we feel like we've supported our football program with the right people because they have fit in so well over the past few months um, in our, our program itself. And that really is the most important thing. And I think that's a key thing to take away from all of this is they're not recruiting players via the transfer portal or bringing players in via the transfer portal or in the recruiting class um, that isn't going to fit in this program. So that's a good philosophy to have. But focusing on what Brian Kelly said about Aaron Anderson – what did I just say about the players that he called out by name? That they were sure things to be contributors. I think that's another thing about, about Aaron Anderson is 
he's recovering from surgery, he's recovering from injury. But I think we all know Aaron Anderson was brought in at the very least for his special teams contributions. And we know that at the very least, Aaron Anderson will be playing special teams and contributing on special teams with this football team. That doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity for him to be a starting wide receiver or to be in the starting rotation at wide receiver. But it just means that I think we all kind of understand and know for certain that Aaron Anderson's track record as a punt returner and kick returner is absolutely needed. Like LSU was so thirsty for something like a special teams contributor like that. And he fills that need can continue to fill the need at wide receiver as well. But when we talk about sure things, I think Aaron Anderson on special teams is a sure thing. Like Brian Kelly said, he'll be able to help us wherever that is, and that's special teams or offensively. So I think that's kind of the sure thing as well. Aaron Anderson, you know, recovering from surgery, so he'll continue to get into uh, into the locker room and get a little bit more work coming down here whenever he's fully recovered. But I think that's what you can expect from him is at least, at the very least, special teams contributions being a sure thing. But like I said, anything can change. Coming up next, a uh, name that we all know very, very well, just got a new job. And I think a lot of people are panicking about it, but I'm here to tell you, you don't need to panic. It's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. We're all going to be fine. We'll get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, it is secure, and it is also super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the threes drained. So you can also get player props as well. If you think that one player is going to have 20 plus points and you think that they're going to have 10 plus rebounds, that they're just going to have themselves a night, then you can bet on that in the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And you can also combine your player prop bets with other bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So I'm sure by now you have heard that Will Wade has been hired as the head basketball coach at McNeese. And uh, I knew that this was going to be, you know, one of the biggest offseason storylines is, you know, Will Wade, wherever he was going to go. And of course, that means, you know, that means something that's very noteworthy and very newsworthy to LSU fans. But I've gotten I've heard a lot of people that are kind of like freaking out about Will Wade. First of all, I want to get this out of the way. Good for him. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Will Wade. I think that he's a good person. And I I want good things for him. Good for McNeese. Because McNeese just landed a really good coach. (laughs) McNeese just landed a really good recruiter. McNeese's program is pretty much in disarray. They haven't been playing very well. They lost 23 games this past season. So they got themselves a coach that can help turn it around because we've seen Will Wade. We see what he did from the Johnny Jones era into his era. I mean, that looked like a completely different basketball program. So McNeese is getting a good coach and Will Will Wade is a good coach who is now getting another opportunity. Good for McNeese and good for Will Wade. But I've heard a lot of LSU fans kind of freaking out about a few different things. One, 
Will Wade taking recruits away from LSU. I'm not going to completely poo-poo that idea um, because it's not lost on me just how good of a recruiter Will Wade is. And I don't mean to sound like the most elitist LSU fan in the world. Um, however, I think the, the talent pool that LSU is recruiting versus McNeese is recruiting or can land or, you know, the, the targets that each team has are a little bit different. Because if you're getting, if you're interested in LSU, if you're getting recruited by LSU, like you are a power five college basketball player, players that LSU would target or players that would be targeting LSU, I don't know would be in the same talent pool as players that go to McNeese. Now it's not lost on me that Will Wade could absolutely find some diamond in the rough in Louisiana that you know LSU and, and McNeese are competing for, and that player you know really loves Will Wade, loves the kind of coach that he is, and goes to McNeese. I mean, it's not lost on me, but it's not going to keep me up at night. I don't think that McNeese and LSU are going to get in these big time recruiting battles. One because of just the the, the talent pool and the recruiting pool. Two, LSU just has better resources. And I know McNeese has really good facilities for basketball, but when it comes to NIL deals, when it comes to um, like other resources that are provided by LSU, whether that be tutoring or the nutrition, so on and so forth, McNeese has those things, but LSUs are just better. So I, I'm, I'm not going to lie awake at night terrified about LSU all of a sudden losing all of the in-state talent to Will Wade and McNeese. And that's no disrespect to McNeese. That's no disrespect to Will Wade and his ability as a recruiter. That's just how I view the situation. And that's just me being completely realistic about it. The second thing is I've seen a lot of people say, well, Will Wade's going to have so much success in McNeese and, and LSU fans are going to be sorry. LSU and the athletic department is going to be sorry that they ever let him walk out the door. He's going to make LSU look like fools. Did we forget why LSU fired Will Wade? Really? I mean, it's not like LSU said, hey, Will Wade, you're not a good coach anymore and we're going to part ways with you. Will Wade I, I obviously broke NCAA rules. And I know everybody does it, but Will Wade got caught. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it is. And I know what he did is now technically legal under the bylaws of the NCAA. I know that. But still, at the time when he did it, it was against the rules. LSU had to fire Will Wade to protect itself. LSU would have been in a much worse situation with all of the NCAA violations and the, the investigations if they had held on to Will Wade. They'd be in a much worse spot if they did that than if they just went ahead and put their hands up and said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to right this wrong. and We're going to acknowledge that Will Wade broke the rules and we're going to move on without him. Will Wade did really good things for LSU basketball. We had a fun few years with Will Wade at the helm of LSU basketball. But LSU had to do what they had to do. I don't think, you know, take the NCAA violations out of it. I think Will Wade would still be coaching at LSU. And I think that LSU basketball undoubtedly would have been a much better situation now. But he did break the rules. And they did get caught. And LSU had to do what it had to do. I wish Will Wade nothing but the best. I wish McNeese State nothing but the best in the future of their basketball program. But to be completely honest with you, I don't think this has anything to do with LSU. And I don't think that you should be worried about it. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every day. 
For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything that you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players about the college basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.